Hey, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. This is Jesse Cope back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I appreciate you joining me, giving me some of your time. We'll try and use it wisely. Hope y'all are staying warm. And just hope your day is going well, folks. Homestead, not a lot. I can feel the busyness coming, but it's not here yet. Uh, we've got some things that we've definitely got to get done. But not today. Not today. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the people that listen to this podcast and share it with others. Be with them, guide them, bless them. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil of any kind. Guide our thoughts, Father, our words and our actions. Help us to do your will. Help us to seek you first. Help us to put the priorities that we claim into actions that others can see each day. Help us to follow your command to care for the widow and the orphan, the poor and the needy. Not in some false way, with some false sense of benevolence by taking from others, but by giving of ourselves. Give us courage and wisdom and assurance, Father, that you are indeed able to keep what we entrust to you to keep our souls and to bring us home to you one day in your son, Jesus Christ. And God, my words here, Father, in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. We're going to jump around a little bit today, but it ought to all tie together if I have done my notes well enough. We'll find out. First quote we're going to read, and we've read before. This is from John Adams. June 21st, 1776. So, just a little side note, have to put this in. Before you listen to anybody talking today, especially if they're telling you that we need to separate from God. Go back and read quotes like this. Statesmen may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. 
The only foundation of a free constitution is pure virtue. And if this cannot be inspired into our people in a greater measure than they have it now, they may change their rulers and their forms of government, but they will not obtain a lasting liberty. So here's, here's the layout. The only way that we can have liberty, the only way that freedom can stand securely, is if it's based on Christianity. That's what Adams is saying here. And I get some comments, I'm sure I'm going to get a couple about religion. Well, he just said religion. He didn't say Christianity. Yeah, well, that's what he meant. If you know anything about John Adams and his faith and the faith of the overwhelming majority of the founding generation, not just the founding fathers, but the founding generation as a whole, they're talking about the principles of Jesus Christ, right? And, and to try and argue that, you've either got an agenda or you don't know a lot about history. Thankfully, those of y'all that have been listening to this podcast for a couple of years, y'all have heard enough by now to realize overwhelmingly that the faith of our founders, the faith of our nation, was Jesus Christ, was Christianity. But so he says, that's the only way. only way we get freedom to stand securely is Christianity, right? And, and the only foundation of a free constitution, this is government, right? These are our laws, is pure virtue. And if we can't get that in our people more than we have it now, we can change, what does he say? We can change our rulers and our forms of government but we're not going to obtain a lasting liberty. Cannot, just can't say this too often or strongly enough, folks. If we don't get morality back in our own personal lives, it doesn't matter who we elect or what policies we enact, what institutions we create or tear down or rebuild, if we don't have God at the center of them, it's not going to matter. School choice, for example, it's great. It's the one that's on my mind often. Education is a huge deal. If we're going to win this war, whether we get into a hot civil war or not, we're going to have to take back education and culture for our children from the left. We're going to have to. School choice is has become a necessary step because the public school system is failing. And despite the fact that we have some marvelous administrators and counselors and teachers across the country, they're overwhelmed. And all but the rarest of instances in school districts, they're overwhelmed. Their, their hands are tied. They want to give your children, our children as a nation, quality education. They have the ability to give our children quality, Christ-centered education. And it has to be Christ-centered if it's going to be public, folks, because the only way we can strengthen our nation is to produce students who know the founding faith and principles, which goes back to Jesus Christ. So 
That's why taxpayer-funded education has to be Christ-centered, biblically-centered. And we have people out there that can do it. I know some of them, some really phenomenal men and women in that industry. And I'm telling you, talking to them, watching them from multiple different places, their hands are tied. So before you go off, this is a little side note, before you go off blaming all the teachers and all the administrators and all the counselors in our country and pointing your finger at them and judging them and saying, well, if they were, if they were really dedicated to that, they would do such and such. That's easy to say when your livelihood's not on the line. And, and maybe there's a little truth to that. Maybe they should be willing to lose their job. But on the other hand, maybe we ought to be doing a lot more in the way we vote and who we pick and standing with them. Uh, that's a whole long discussion. The point is, it doesn't matter if we elect Trump or Biden or anybody else, name whatever candidate you want. It doesn't matter if we create a balanced budget amendment or we increase welfare tenfold more than we already have. Whatever policy or politician you like, it's irrelevant if we don't get virtue and morality, Christ-centered principles back in our lives and our public. It, Adam says here our constitution, right? And so a couple of different examples. This is Charles Stein. I don't think I've read this on here before. He was the director of research at DuPont and created a bunch of patents for powder, high explosive, artificial leather paints, etc. Right? Really bright guy. Uh, business world. Business world, right? This isn't this isn't from church. He's not preaching from the pulpit right now. This is a man who was extremely successful in his quote unquote secular life. That's part of the problem, folks. We've tried to separate our professional life from Christ, just like we've tried to separate education from Christ, and it doesn't work. You can see it doesn't work because we're falling apart. This was a quote from Charles Stein again. The world about us, far more intricate than any watch, filled with checks and balances of a hundred varieties, marvelous beyond even the imagination of the most skilled scientific investigator. This beautiful and intricate creation bears the signature of its creator, graven in its works. And I wish I could pull the Bible verse right there, graven in its works. I, I think that's out of the Bible. Some of y'all that know it better than I can check. The reason I read it is just, and there's a, a ton of different business quotes. I probably could have picked some better ones. This is the one I stumbled across. When you go to work, do you bring Christ with you or do you leave him at the door? And yeah, I'm picking on each of us individually, but I'm also picking on us as a nation. When we go to work as a nation, when we go into industry, when we make decisions in industry, do we bring Jesus Christ with us or do we leave him at the door? And it doesn't matter whether you're Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu or atheist or deist or, or anything else, Mother Naturist. In America, going back to Adam's quote, in order to have a free constitution, in order to have liberty, we have to have these principles of Christ. 
So if you have a different faith personally, you still have a responsibility as an American citizen to take Jesus Christ with you in public, to take his principles with you in public, to make decisions in public based on those principles in industry, right? In institutions, public institutions. Because if you don't, you're undermining the foundation of liberty. You're undermining free constitutions. And you see that, folks. You can just read the news. We read a little bit out of the Epic Times recently, some different news articles. Look around at what's going on in the country. The more we try and divide God and Jesus Christ out of our lives publicly, whether it's business or education, you know, private or public, homeschool, whatever it is, we, when we divide Christ out of it, we start to have chaos. And I'll be right back. So let me explain to you what just happened. Goodbye. That's why I started to take longer pauses. I was looking out the window and I heard some screeching. And right outside the window, a rather large hawk had flown down and trapped the juvenile rooster. And I don't know if the rooster made it or not. I went outside and there's a pile of feathers. The hawk did not fly off with the rooster, but it's a lot of feathers. So we shall see. And two comments about that. One, and you can take this into modern culture and men and women, etc., left versus right and all the good stuff or truth versus lies and good versus evil. Uh, the rooster's hens are fine. As far as I can tell, the rooster is the one that took the brunt of it. So you take that how you want to. And then the other thing that I have learned is as loud and obnoxious as these guineas are, a lot of times they do pretty good in alerting all the other birds when there's hawks or things out there lurking, predators. And I had left them locked up this morning. And shouldn't have. And so that may be why that all went down to begin with. At any rate, never, never dull. Never dull moment. We'll see when the rooster shows up, if he shows up. All right, so we read that quote by Stein. Another of places that we're really struggling today are families. And this is a quote by Reagan. Phenomenal quote we've read often. The family has always been the cornerstone of American society. Our families nurture, preserve, and pass on to each succeeding generation the values we share and cherish, values that are the foundation of our freedoms. In the family, we learn our first lessons of God and man, love and discipline, rights and responsibilities, human dignity and human frailty. Our families give us daily examples of these lessons being put into practice in raising and instructing our children, in providing personal and compassionate care for the elderly, in maintaining the spiritual strength of religious commitment among our people. In these and other ways, America's families make immeasurable contribution to America's well-being. Today, more than ever, 
It is essential that these contributions not be taken for granted and that each of us remember that the strength of our families is vital to the strength of our nation. And the strength of our families, right? What's vital to the strength of our families? The strength of our marriages. And how do you have a strong marriage? You implement, you execute those principles of Jesus Christ in day-to-day life. That's your priority. God is your first priority. Your spouse becomes your second priority each day. That's what you wake up. You wake up. What do I need to do, God? You, you talk to God. Spend a little bit of time with him. Read the Bible. Pray for more than two seconds. Then you turn to your spouse. What do I need to do for them today? And we have different roles, folks. Husbands and wives, men and women, we're not the same. We don't have the same role, right? That's part of the problem that feminism, the wreck that feminism has created over the last 50, 60 years, whatever it is now, is trying to convince women to be the same as men. And all that does is create the worst version of a man possible. And then we're left with really crappy pretend men. Get a little fired up, I'm sorry. And no good women or fewer. Shouldn't say no. Fewer good women. We take those skills that are extremely valuable that women have and we try and tell them they've got to implement it somewhere else, right? So we make the marriage weak. We take God out of it. We input feminism. We break down the marriage. Then we break down the family. And then we break down the nation. And you know, folks, you have to know that there's some people out there that realize this and want it. There's some others that, for whatever reason, don't see what's right in front of their face. But there's some that do. They see it and they want it. They want to break down the nation. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is it doesn't really matter what they want, whether they want to break down the nation or not. If you know people that vote for the left, they are participating in the breakdown of the marriage, the family, the nation. The Bible verse, we're going to end with this. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's another verse that we read recently. I think it was out of Jeremiah. Talking about when we seek God with our whole heart. And I'm going to throw my father-in-law under the bus here again and throw his quote back in from all of his many years in the financial industry. People don't really change until they feel enough pain. You know that in your own life. You know it from your personal life and you know it from people that you see. Far too often, the majority of the time, we don't change until there's enough pain. And obviously we haven't felt enough pain, sadly, in America yet to truly change and to turn back to God and to really seek Him. You can think about it like a marriage, folks. Marriage is not going well for whatever reason. And there's just this kind of 
tepid indifference in the marriage. And you just keep going along and going along and the marriage gets a little worse and a little worse. But there's never going to be any change until there's enough pain felt in that marriage. Right? Until you have enough heartache and sadness on your own to look and go, all right, what am I doing wrong in this marriage? How do I really focus on being a better husband or wife? How do I make this marriage better? How do we make our nation better? How do we really fix it? How do we really fix education? How do we really fix our military, our law enforcement, our industries? We turn to God. God bless y'all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.